Welcome back to the podcast. Coming up on this episode, we've got Becky from Big Heart Bamboo. This podcast we recorded in one of the most beautiful places on the sunny coast, which is the Big Heart Bamboo Farm. It's absolutely stunning. You'll hear all about it. Let's go. Are you rolling? Rolling. Yeah. Becky. Graham. Becky Bamboo. That's what I call you. Fantastic. I think that's what everyone sort of calls you. Is it? Okay, cool. I like that. So Trade Big mine. Heart Bamboo, <laughs> that's the your name of your company, but your dad had... Bamboo Australia. Bamboo Australia. Tell us about him. Okay. How, is this how it all started, isn't it? Yeah. So um, in about 1989, my dad moved up to the property from Sydney and he had already started looking. He was either going to grow olives or bamboo and um, he was an auto wrecker. So he was having a lot of time going over to Japan and importing parts. And while he was over there, he pretty much fell in love with the bamboo and all its practicality and spirituality. And he had this 100-acre block here. It was 130 at the time. Um, and then started planting out the bamboo by hand. So where are we? Tell us where we are. Okay, so we are, if you know Yamundi, which is quite iconic, so that's on the Sunshine Coast, we are 11 kilometres out of Yamundi. On the left-hand side as you head towards Kenilworth, which is another iconic little town up here on the Sunshine Coast. Yep. So, yep. And set the scene. It's 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 this, this beautiful bamboo <laughs> over the top of us. We've got the leafiness under under our feet. We've got a smelly dog called Trixie who just rolled in something. <laughs> and um, it's like, like when we were just driving in here, it just felt magical and spiritual and some sort of calming came over us. So, you know, bamboo must have some magic in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so your dad, he, he, he wanted to collect and grow and make a farm. What was the long-term vision for him? Is it? Um, the long-term vision, um, I'm still yet to find out if there was yeah. one or if it was just throwing caution to the wind and just following in faith. Um, but a lot of that, um, he did originally want to do it for the edible shoots as well. So we planted out quite a few species that would be good for them. Yeah. But um, back then the market, um, you think you're getting about $4 a kilogram at market and sometimes you even get paid to um, have to throw them away as well, which was um, not Was that really, bamboo? That, that was the edible bamboo shoots because um, I guess what's happening, um, I'm seeing more of a trend towards us realizing whole foods are really good for us and especially a lot of the Asian vegetables as yeah. well and stuff that we might not have explored um, coming from an English background and this type of thing so, so yeah. when, when you get home from school you're not going to go to the cupboard and go oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking bamboo guys what are you guys thinking yeah, like, yeah. It's not so, it's... bamboo on a sandwich yeah, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> these days absolutely um, yeah. we've had some people actually write back to us um, post-menopausal women in particular saying that they're actually getting feelings back that they haven't had prior to eating the bamboo in like in about 20 years time so this is really encouraging for us so I think we're finding it's a new market so as we take it to the market we actually find what other people are doing it and we're getting their feedback which yeah. is um, really crucial so that's yeah yeah and that's so yeah if you can eat the bamboo and if it's having that sort of an effect on people as well then that's something we definitely want to explore a little bit further yeah yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> wow so just back on your dad quickly because I want to I want to explain sort of the history of that he was he grew there's 250 types of bamboo here is that right yeah so there's 1250 species worldwide yep. um, we have 250 of those species here so there's two main varieties you have your running species which are also known as the invasive one and that's yep. the one that's given bamboo a bit of a bad rap yep. in Australia yeah um, you can eat those shoots um, the mozo the Philistachys pubescens which is known as the mozo shoot is really prime quality eating so that's a real specialty shoot and we have that one here on the farm. Say um, that again for me. Um, the mozo, uh, the Philistachys pubescens, which is the mozo 
shoot. Yeah. Um, that's a really nice nutritional profile and it's revered, especially in China, as being a top delicacy shoot wow. as well. So, And the other variety that we have is the clumping species. So where we're sitting now, we're surrounded by the running species on the periphery. And then here behind us, we have the clumping bamboo, which is bamboo sawamin. Um, so this one, we don't eat the shoots just because they're a little bit too fibrous. Right. And it's such a beautiful plant and so slow growing that we won't eat it. Is such yeah. a, it is such a beautiful <laughs> green. Like, that is just... Emerald. You, know, you yeah. sort of see that in uh, uh, paintings and stuff. You think, ah, that real that thing good. can't be that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just the painting. No, being it's it, even no. better and it feels amazing. And yeah, this one's got really thick walls, so it holds a lot of water in it. Um, yeah. So the whole temperature around this area... If it can be 36 degrees up on the tarmac yeah. um, and then 34 degrees on the dirt road and you come in here and it's 24 degrees still. And when you say tarmac, you're not talking about the airport, you're just talking about the road. Just right? the road, bitumen. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're saying that you can come up here and, and they're, they're so cold you can give them a hug and cool yeah, yourself down. Yeah, yeah. You just literally jump into the middle and just stick yourself in between the two bamboo poles and yeah, yeah. just feel your temperature drop. So, so this yeah. must have been <laughs> an awesome place to hang out as a kid. Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. I used to have my dog and myself. We used to just go for big walks around the property and go and find little places. And yeah, you'd always have adventures and always find little animals. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really beautiful. Billy's taking your advice already. He's over Is there he? hugging, <laughs> hugging the bamboo. <laughs> shoes are off. I've got to get my shoes off. I'm not doing it. Do it. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, no dog. Only way no, to live. <laughs> no Trixie's going to run away with my thing. It's a good office. Yeah. <laughs> so rumor has it he's documenting you know, where everything is on the farm yeah. and so that, you know, um, you know, he can pass that down to... Bit by bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think half the job is remembering where we've planted everything and then going back and finding it. Um, it is 100 acres here, so it is very easy to, yeah, <laughs> um, find new things all the time, which is yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 100 acres all this side of the road or is it on the other side Just as well? Just this side of the road. So we back up to, I think it's the Montville State Forest up behind us. Okay. So um, there's no other properties behind us. So all the rainwater that comes down hits the side of the mountain and then comes straight down to us, which is yeah. beautiful and fills into the dams. So, there's thousands of uses for bamboo and it's super sustainable mm -hmm. and fast growing. It's such a wonderful thing. Like, what things can you do with bamboo? Let, we'll get onto the eating bit last. Yeah, but yeah. Tell us about the other amazing uses, which I'm sure a lot of people probably know a lot of them, but yeah. you know, just run through them anyway. Okay, so probably the most impressive ones is um, in China, you have four lane car bridges that are made out of nothing but bamboo. So, Whoa. Um, yeah, if, if you compress bamboo from the top, so not laterally, but from the top of it, what you'll actually find is that it's, I think it's three, some studies say three, some say eight times stronger than steel. So if you're looking at how strong that is, as well as the flexibility. So in areas in particular that are prone to um, cyclones, floods, these types of things, the bamboo can actually absorb a lot of that energy, whereas yep. steel and concrete will crack and break. So yeah. it's a nice alternative for that as well. Um, then you move into handicrafts and artifacts like there've been a lot of places in Asia they've known like this is their culture like this is what they use they live on bamboo yeah. as well so it's really important if you are buying bamboo from overseas as well and bamboo products that you know where it's coming from and making sure that it hasn't been decimating an area that is right. that the locals are dependent on as well so and how do you I mean how do you do that sort of research like? um, a lot of that I've had many discussions with my dad about that from what we've determined so far um, in China it's been part of the economy for a very long time 
so mm. it's actually in place and everything is a system that makes sure that it's sustainable. Mm. Um, the other areas, I can't, I haven't been there personally myself, but mm. um, from what I've heard through various articles, um, particularly from Oxfam, there are a few issues going on over there. How beautiful is the sound <laughs> of what's going on right now? That's are we beautiful. picking this up? Yeah. <laughs> I almost just want to be quiet. We can do that. <laughs> wow. It really is beautiful. Um, forgot to put my phone on airplane mode, going crazy. Um, wow, well, I feel very lucky just to be here. But um, so they can make everything out of it, so it's sustainable. So really, it sounds to me, it sounds like an amazing investment. It sounds like your dad was all over something that that should be used a lot more. Absolutely, and one of the big things because um, sugar got hit, the sugarcane industry got hit quite hard a few, uh, probably about a decade back now. And he was going to approach the sugarcane farmers to see if bamboo would be something, given that it's a C4 grass as well, to see if it's something they'll be interested in mm. in switching crops. But unfortunately, that didn't take off. Um, that was about 12 years ago now. So if that 12 years ago that we would have um, six years ago an established crop already as well if we could look at doing and diversifying a bit more um, yeah. so we're just not building anything much out of bamboo in Australia are we like it's very commonplace through Asia and yeah. as you were saying before bridges and you know I love when I go to somewhere like you know lucky enough to go to Hong Kong or something you see the scaffolding yeah, up the side yeah. of the skyscrapers which you know I'm saying that at my age and uh, I just feel like there's so many people who would just think that I'm joking. I'm talking about actual scaffolding on the side of skyscrapers, mm -hmm. yep. which are probably stronger than the actual skyscraper. Uh, yeah, itself. especially for hurricane. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, they say that there's less accidents uh, with that than there actually is with that would not surprise me at yeah. all if you look at um, how bamboo works. The big thing about bamboo is when you're working with it, you work smart, not hard, because it is flexible. So you don't try and like physically work harder. You actually just look at the angles and when you're removing it, and you just work a little bit smarter. And I think it's the same thing when you're looking at very like strong structures that could potentially just bend and break. Like there's a euphemism with bamboo, a metaphor, sorry, and it says that you can either be like the gum tree and when the wind comes, like it might break one of your limbs mm. or you can be like the bamboo and just go with the flow and not bend or um, you, you bend but not break as well. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that really makes it like, yeah, stronger in a way yeah, as yeah. well as the flexibility. So why do you think we don't build with it more of it? Is it just tradition or we're all wanting the house yeah. wood or not education or is there a, a course we can do on bamboo? And yeah, um, legally a lot of it comes back to at the moment um, with the building specs within Australia. You can't legally build with the bamboo as a structural um, right. timber. Um, is whereas that because it's so good? Uh, probably. <laughs> Anything <laughs> that's too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, there is um, that. But then and you've also got, um, yeah, sorry, places like Mexico, um, other areas in South America, some places in America, and of course, Asian countries, it's fine to build with it. But um, being able to use it in Australia is something we really would like to see um, and to see more of it as well. I've been there and I know, don't think you have yet because we've had this conversation before. The place in Bali that yeah. builds those houses, do you yeah. remember the name of it? Um, Green School in Bali. Green School. Yeah. Green yeah. School. How cool Green, is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. I, I feel like we should have one of those houses here. So when you, you're going to talk about bringing some people through here. Yeah. Well, um, we have been speaking to a few architects here and there around the globe in areas where they are permitted to build structurals with bamboo. Um, and we would like to have them out hopefully next year. Um, we are going to be limited again because of the building specs but we're going to have to be talking to the council about that and yeah, just have okay. a few chats with them and see where we can go 
and what we can do with it. Yeah, well, yeah. it does seem like a silly thing not for someone to pursue and try and invest because it's, like you said, such fast-growing product. It's so fast-growing. And the other thing I didn't mention before is um, this carbon sequestering ability of it. So it'll actually take up 150% more carbon because of the rate of growth and the fact it's a C4 plant, um, which means that it breathes in a little bit more carbon um, each time. So that means that it's sequestering carbon. And if you see the news at the moment, we've got a lot of issues with greenhouse gases, this type of thing. So it gives that, it also emits, it's 150% more oxygen, um, so you've got all of these other things. And one of my favourite things is that um, cats and cane toads can't climb bamboo. So yeah. for all of our little native species, you've got they're called in what's called a critical weight range, and they're little species that are the perfect size for um, like cane toads and cats to eat. And those are the ones that normally will become endangered first. So what the bamboo does is it provides a habitat that's nice and high, so the birds can go in and make their little nests. You've got little. Um, uh, lighters and whatnot that'll um, chew into the bamboo into the cavity and then they'll get all the gum tree leaves and shove that in there and then hide in there so that way all of a sudden they've got extra protection so what about snakes um yeah we do get the occasional snake um we had... is that why we've got the dog <laughs> yes that's one of her jobs is to stay ahead um she has had one encounter when she was a puppy she um decided to play tag with a red belly black snake yep she lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah but you do get the occasional one but generally speaking Got Can they climb? Um, I haven't seen them climbing the bamboo. Um, I would be interested to find out. There's, I would be interested to find out if anybody yeah. has any pictures or has ever seen it. Please yeah, let okay. me know because, yeah, I haven't seen it. I've seen a lot of snakes but never doing that. So just while, while I remember because sometimes I forget at the end, what's your Instagram? Uh, Big Heart Bamboo mm. on Instagram yep. and Facebook. So right, yeah, that's easy to find. Yep. Um, well, so it ticks all the boxes really, doesn't it? For me, absolutely. Yeah. So you said there was 1,250 varieties and you have about 250 here, but only six of them are edible that you've got here. Is that correct? Or is that six in total that are edible or is it more than six? Six that we've confirmed. So with, with us, we make sure that we have a very top quality product and yeah. we don't want anything. So as we're going forward each year, what I'll do is um, the research on different species and we pick the ones that are our top six. Each yeah. year, we're studying different ones, doing the flavour and texture profiles and working with a few chefs and making sure that that's what they want. Some of them we're finding are absolutely amazing um, yep. and other ones we're finding are just either too fibrous or too bitter or too small. So right. it's just, yeah. So also, did I read something about where it filters water or something? Like yeah, so a biofilter. Um, so this is up at the Woodford Folk Festival um, up right. there. There's, I think it's Iris is the name of the company doing it. Um, so there's a catchment pond, there's a lot of effluent that comes through with festivals and this type, a lot of a condensed population over a short period of time. So you've got a lot of wastewater to get rid of. Um, and essentially what you can do is plant the bamboo in between your catchment and your settlement pond. And as it filters through, the bamboo will grab all of the effluent. It'll turn most of it into carbon and it'll emit um, the oxygen by taking the carbon up. So yeah, that's it. You'd talk more to Iris about the specifics of it, but there's definitely a biofilter and especially um, in feedlots, there can be used they help um, stop the soil erosion in areas and then they also take up um, the effluent from the ground and then they also act as a wind break and a noise break and a dust break as well so as those areas get really really dry really quickly um, and it's just sort of desert so having the bamboo well, we've only you know we've only got about an hour so yeah. maybe we should talk about some of the things that they can't do <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. Crickets. <laughs> um, no because there's so many uses. It just seems like like the more I learn about it, and I guess you yeah. know, just being a little bit, you know, there's no, you know, not a lot of education on it. So yeah, um, yeah. you know, how obviously we found you at Sunco's Fresh is, 
you know, wanting to get the the food bit on yeah, the plate yeah. and then, you know, me holidaying in Bali and seeing all the stuff. And I mean, I've seen it, but I thought it was more out of necessity than yeah. it was out of, you know, being such a fantastic, you know, thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, but now I'm like, I'm just hooked. I feel like everyone should needs a bamboo house. Absolutely. And you know, you don't have to have a massive big bamboo plantation. Like even if the beautiful thing about bamboo is it works really well in intercropping and um, permaculture, this type of thing. So if you just want one plant in your backyard to help you wildlife, to have a plant that you can get poles from every now and again, and then also when it's in season, get some edible shoots that you can cook fresh. Like that's just one little space in your garden. Yeah. Um, it is not all invasive. This is the biggest thing we're coming across as people, especially in Australia, um, just look at bamboo thinking it's invasive, but you can have clumps that don't get bigger than about two and a half metres around diameter. So what's the one we should buy? What's the one we should look for? Um, Obviously you sell it. Yeah, absolutely. So Bamboo Australia. Yeah. So he, um, my dad handles all of um, the plants and poles and floorboards, this yeah. type of thing. Um, so you'd be looking at um, Old Hammy Eye is quite a nice one. That's a nice tight clumping bamboo and you can eat the shoots and it's also good for poles. It's quite popular, um, especially in America. Um, another little one, if you're just looking for a hedge, is Textilis gracilis, and that doesn't get too big, so it's a nice little hedging clumping bamboo. Yeah. Um, ornamentals, we've got your black bamboos, so um, Atraviolaceas and Lacos, um, they're out here as well. Um, so it depends on what you want. So if you want one that's ornamental, or if you want one for food, want one for poles, and a lot of them will tick a lot of the same boxes. So right. it's just if you know what you want as a customer, come out, have a chat to us, and then we can pick one for you. Do they yeah. sort of like interbreed? Do they? cross each um, other a bit or like, I can I have one of each you know around my Farm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Flash technically, species shouldn't be able to interbreed, technically, right, okay. yeah. um, but we always see variations of that. Um, but yeah, depending on your climate, like if you wanted three or four species, say you wanted one for shoots, one for poles specifically, and then another one just to block out your neighbours and an ornamental, mm. there might be one plant that suits all of those three, or there might be one or two or three, or if you want something more ornamental for the front, but then something more practical for out the back, you can do that as well. So. Well, let's talk about the food because, you know, I'm assuming <laughs> chefs are listening. Um, now, the food. Let's, so you, you get the when, – when is the season? Um, so there are two seasons. We have running season, which is a smaller amount of bamboo shoots, probably represents about 20% of our total yield. Uh, that happens generally mid-September through to mid-November. Um, this season has been a particularly dry one, so we think we had um, we had about a month, so it kicked off in about, yeah, um, halfway through October and ended in about, yeah, the beginning of November. So it was a really short and weak season, unfortunately. I think... Lots of industries are struggling with that, yep. obviously, very yep. obviously, actually. Um, yeah, that's a bit sad for everyone, that this drought. Well, they've got that little bit of rain uh, recently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other season? And the other season. Um, yeah, this March. one represents 80%. So, yeah, it's looking at mid-February, March, April, May. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, mid-May. Yeah. Um, and so you harvest it and mm -hmm. you ring me and mm -hmm. you ring Zeb and mm -hmm. you ring a few people and you, mm -hmm. and you sell a little bit locally. Mm -hmm. um, but do you, like how much, I mean, oh, don't tell me how much actually, but <laughs> how, uh, enough volume for restaurants in Sydney and everywhere, Melbourne, you know, can you source enough for everyone? We are keeping up. Um, yeah, after it started going a bit bananas, we would definitely like to see more bamboo farms in Australia. Yeah. Um, that's, um, our supply versus demand is definitely keeping us on our toes, especially when it's... So, so you're posting, like, you, how are you getting it to people in Sydney and... 
Um, post. We will just yeah, yeah. post it down yeah. to them. So, yeah, we get up at five in the morning, we come and harvest, and we have it packed and ready to go generally by about 10 a.m. So, you clean it all up, and um, so do you do it? You do the whole ones, which yep. for anyone who hasn't seen one looks like a uh, unicorn know, horn. Yeah, you know, I was going to say rhino. Yeah, unicorn Probably the, or rhino it's horn. It's a vegan rhino horn, isn't <laughs> it? It is, it is, and that times in extremely well with the aphrodisiac emails that we got. So, oh, I was like, oh, putting right. two and two together here. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So where are we going with that? I forgot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just stumped us all. It's like, yeah. So we, so you uh, clean them, and uh, so you do them in that cryvac pack, or you do them in the like, like yeah, the one that yeah. looks like a rhino horn. Yep. Um, so you send them away like that, and or cryvac. Yeah. So we do the fresh hole shoots, which are the ones that look like unicorn horns, yep. um, and some of them come up to about eight kilograms whole. Then we also have the bamboo hearts. So um, that's essentially the inside part of the bamboo that's the edible bit so this yeah. is for chefs if we're either freighting into state we recommend this one because um it's less weight while you're freighting and also it's less fuss so um for restaurants that have just need stuff that's as easy to prep as possible yeah um then we recommend that one the heart so that's all done and then we keep all the mulch and the leftover bits and we put that back onto the plants and mulch it so that way right. it keeps the nutritional density well, that sounds good mm. so um, so that's pretty easy to use. So when I get this in my Crovac pack, mm -hmm. what do I have to do with it? Okay, so you must boil it before you get it. So yeah. the Australian New Zealand Food Standards says that you must slice into thin strips and boil for 8 to 10 minutes. So essentially, um, traditionally what they would do is they'll get the bamboo, they'll a whole bamboo shoot, they'll score it down the middle just so that it opens just a little bit and pulls the skin back. They'll put the whole thing into a pot and then boil it for 12 to 24 hours. So that's the traditional way to do it. But in Australia, by the Australian New Zealand food standards, it must be cut into thin strips and boiled for eight to ten minutes. So, right. yeah. Um, the reason being is it does have um, cyanide, a naturally recurring cyanide, which is yeah. known as taxophilin, um, and that's a natural protectant against the plant because it is so highly nutritious. If it didn't have its own protectant, it would just get eaten by everything. So it's got this in place, similar to cassava. Um, the difference between cassava and bamboo is that cassava has it in the skin, whereas bamboo has it in the actual shoot. And the moment you cut the bamboo, it actually starts to release that gas um, as well. And how much can a panda bear? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Fast Billy, enough witty response up. for that. <laughs> no, so, so no, I was thinking because of the cyanide. Yeah. Like, what's the go there? How I'm assuming. That? Okay, so in, in Australia we also have another specialised eater, which is the koala, um, and they can eat eucalyptus leaves, which another species would not be able to eat the same amount of eucalyptus yeah. leaves. They have a specially designed gut yeah, yeah. that helps remove the toxins. I'm assuming that the panda yeah, no, I, sort I've of has that. something like that. That was a loaded question. Yeah, I, I, I've heard <laughs> you that. You asked a scientist a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to have a couple of my sleeves because we've taken notes here and that like, like, three yeah. three things. So, yeah. So okay, we get it. We boil it now. You're going to put it in a, a curry or a stir fry curry now, isn't it? Like so, it's so we've done what the Australian standards want us to do. They they mm -hmm. cut it thin. We've boiled it in salt water. Salt water, yep. yeah. And then does it lose any of its texture? No, after that long it, it seems like a long time well that's the tradition so if you were going to do the shorts like the cut strips and yeah. cutting it the way that's recommended i would not boil it for six to twelve hours i would boil it for eight to ten minutes yeah um there are different species of bamboo when you're looking at texture um so we also do a range of pickles so there's some species that do really really good um with pickling and boiling and can hold their like texture really really well there are other ones um and i will tell you about this one which is the dendrocalamus asper so that's um a larger shoot and with that 
one it's got what we call a pubescence which is like a really fine fiberglass on the outside of the thing um, outside of the shoot so if you as if an animal try to eat that it'll be turned off straight away so it doesn't have to worry about being as bitter so with this particular shoot you can grab it and you just boil it for a minimal amount of time and as soon as the bitter flavor is gone it's good to eat yeah and that takes yeah sweet and hardly any time at all so yeah. Right. So then they. So then once you cook it, like in a curry or something, does it take on and absorb the flavour? Yeah. yeah. So it's very subtle flavour. If you were to have it without anything else, it sort of tastes a little bit a cross between a nice subtle pasta and an artichoke. If that makes right. Sense. And a water for me, chestnut. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, it's artichokey sort of. Yeah, um, nutty. So, so yeah. Um, I've seen the ones. I think Zeb does at Wasabi. He, yeah. He does the. And they're like quite soft and still, but it's quite big. He obviously doesn't cut them into. Yeah. Yeah, but they're quite chunky and, and yeah, delicious. That reminds me of way. an artichoke heart yeah. Italian style. Yeah. Similar, but maybe slightly harder. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't actually eaten artichoke heart before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been told it tastes a lot like it. Um, but yeah, so you can get the middle bit out. Um, it's I've been the fibrous part of the artichoke is quite fibrous. I've been told, like not to eat the bottom bit, and it's the same with the bamboo. And when we originally started out, we were thinking the fibrous bit's just not edible, so we'll just get rid of that bottom bit. Yeah. But um, with the research that we've done and through traditional Japanese cooking, that bottom bit is actually one of the uh, most renowned part of the bamboo the crunch is what's called um, eating the sound of bamboo and it's that part that has to be a part of the dish even though it's a little bit more fibrous uh, so right. we've been learning as we go forward as well which is so yeah. so I don't actually you know I, I don't feel like I've seen them like for sale in a market is there an importance part where it's cut fresh and gone and used or is it something that does store a while um, like do we lose anything from that yeah uh, a lot of chefs will want it within 24 hours of being cut um some with eight hours as well mm. apparently there is a bit of a flavor change and um when you're looking at your very you know subtle flavors that are being matched with the bamboo that's a very high relevance so mm. make sure we get it there um the clinical tests that we've done show that um it does last like it's still fine at two weeks time so that um we're getting all our tests done on that but i would say probably about one week at the maximum you wouldn't want to have it past because yeah. it's just yeah the freshness and it's part of that and if you're eating something that's living you're absorbing that life so get it as quickly as possible yeah well that's nice yeah. and, nice and quick um but yeah i don't feel like i've seen them are they do they sell them in like Asian markets, like I can't think that I've seen them. No, uh, um, I think down in Sydney markets you can uh, get them at the big markets, but right. to be honest, but, I don't think. But not even like overseas. I mean, I don't. I, th I don't feel like I've walked through one of those markets they in are Bali seasonal. or wherever. They are seasonal, oh, yeah, that's and they're right. quite yeah. highly revered. I wonder if they even make it to the yeah. market yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. because I've heard that's stories thinking, like in yeah. Vietnam where it's like the moment it's bamboo season, everybody just runs out to the hills and yeah. get fossicks for bamboo, and it's just one of these almost like a. Um, Oh, what would you call it? Like a trick or treat? Like what do uh, we do? The Easter egg hunts? Or yeah, something like Easter that. egg or yeah. uh, ha Halloween or something. Yeah, some part sort of, the, of right yeah. Of, seasonal like, tradition. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome to do that? It'd be a little like foraging for mushrooms, I assume. I think so. I think in Australia, like you know, we do have a lot more that we can learn about foraging here. And I, I think we've got a lot more we can learn about living and, yeah, and, exactly. uh, and passing on skills like that to your kids and knowing that you're okay on the land and yeah, what yeah. you can eat and what you can not. And yeah, whether which be, berries to eat and which berries not to eat, and which mushrooms pick, to eat, which ones not to when eat. When to pick the jackfruit and knowing the difference between the cooking one and the eating one and the exactly all of those things. And gumby gumby is another one in Australia in particular yeah. where it's some very specific species that you have to. What's yeah. that, Billy? 
Mm -hmm. Not Gumby Bears, mate. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's my idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. Um, Okay, so who's using them? Who's the cool chefs that are using them? Okay, so of course we have Zeb down at Wasabi. Yep. Yep. Um, We have Giles and Tomoko down at Sumi Open Kitchen. Nice. Um, We have Glenn Barrett down at Wild Canary. Yep. We have... What else do we have? How can I forget the wonderful, (laughs) sorry, Jake, (laughs) Jake Nicholson's Jason Ah, and Lyndon. They're all down at, yeah, 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 yeah. so those guys are amazing. Um, Yeah, we started supplying to them about a year, almost two years now. And they're, yeah, great guys. So so is it in Thai food as well as Japanese and all the Asian types? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of them. So um, Thai food, you normally get it in your green curries. Yeah. Then a lot of the Japanese, you'll get it as well well a lot of them and sashimi style as well um pretty much all of the southeast asian countries but again depending on how much bamboo is there it's whether or not it's like a real specialized thing um or whether or not it's like everybody eats it as well um yeah so what have you got over here you got some pickled products so what we have because we get a very large volume and we really wanted to share this um like all year round and also with the retail market so we started making gourmet bamboo pickles so, and while I was at university at UQ, I was also studying health um, and nutrition, be it all for animals, but a lot of similarities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've always been a fan of um, the old school nutritional type remedies. So we've got the bamboo shoot with all of its glory and high fiber and high selenium, manganese, and um, what's the other thing? Magnesium as well and potassium. Wow. We've got that in there. And then we've used a sulfide free apple cider vinegar. And then we get ginger and turmeric from other spray-free local farmers and we juice it and we put that in um, and then we also get honey from up at Pomona and also at Noosa North Shore. We blend it in, put a tiny little bit of salt, blend it all up and then we make a hot pickle um, and then you end up with this beautiful gold looking bamboo. All the colouring comes from the turmeric and we've got um, smoked black pepper that's been smoked over red gum and tea tree and the black pepper has been put in to help activate the turmeric as well. So just something you come up with pretty quick. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this one took about a year and a half to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> trial and errors so that's on the that, that, that's 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 uh that's ready to go isn't it that's so ready just, to go so yeah. do you, you don't need to cook that it can no. straight on a salad we do thing. all the hard work for you so one of the big things is that people like if um you're working nine till five and you just want to get home and have something healthy extra either in your salad or your stir fry or your meal um and you don't want to have to go through the rigmarole of cooking for 20 mm. minutes and draining it we so we've just made it easy as so you can just literally eat it out of the jar um, they're really good if you're feeling a little bit not too well in the morning. You just need a bit of a kickstart. Just drink a little bit of the apple cider vinegar brine um, yeah, and then just have one of the pickles and yeah, good way to start the day. Um, so that's that one. And they also come in a one kilogram um, cryovac pack because we made a lot of these, but then the restaurant started to buy them as well. Yeah, so okay. we've now got these in a cryovac pack in bulk um, yeah, for okay. caterers as well. So you're sending them away as well by the mail? Yeah, or? we've just started doing them this year. That took about six months worth of research and shelf life testing to yeah. get them ready. But um, next season will be open. So once they're in cryovac, is that a cold chain thing? Do they need to be cold? Or no. can they... It's still dry store. The moment you open it, it has to be refrigerated. 
separated, but these right. are all done so, for so dry it does, store. It's sort of preservative-free type preservative thing because of free. all the natural yeah, preservative exactly. things so in there anyway. So we use acid to preserve. So you always want your preservatives to be under a 4.2 acid um, and that way it protects it and then you use pasteurization to kill anything that's in the jar. So while it's in situ, yeah. it'll boil it up, kill anything that's in there and then your pH will continue to preserve onwards from that. Yeah, and no. if people want it, if you're into ferments and you want to make a ferment, just get a little bit of ferment juice and just drop it into your jar and keep it in the fridge. So we've got big jars, little jars. What's the other little one over there with the chili? This is our new little ones we're coming out. So um, we listened to the health food market and we did the pickles based on the health food. But then we also wanted to do something that was a little bit more foodie based as well. So something a yeah. bit naughty. Um, so we have here the bamboo chili chutney and it has bamboo shoots. Again, we've used apple cider vinegar. We've got caramelized onion, filtered water, sugar, red chili, honey, green chili, ginger, turmeric, mustard seeds, cumin seeds and black pepper. Yeah. And we also have an Indian fusion barbecue relish, which we've used a lot of fenugreek, um, cardamom, rosemary, um, and really think um, barbecue sauce with an Indian twist and then bamboo. Wow. Yeah, so really, really good. So again, on entertaining platters. So if you just want a conversation piece, it's a really good one. Um, don't eat too much before going to visit grandma of the pickles. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, it, it's on sandwiches. You can take just a basic cheese sandwich and put the chutneys on it and it becomes just a gourmet sandwich. Um, a Waldorf salad um, sandwich you can do with the pickles. So you just get your walnuts and all the other beautiful things and cheeses and then put some of your pickles on that. A really beautiful salad. So, so many uses, so mm -hmm. many uses as a, as a raw product. And so tell me about, no wonder you've won this Yes. <laughs> Tell us about the delicious produce. The delicious one? Yeah, yeah. That, um, that, that, well, I know there's many. We'll get to them all. <laughs> Settle down. Okay. Tell us about the awards. Um, so the delicious, we were nominated by Jake Nicholson down in Brizzy yeah. um, from Donna Chang and Blackbird Restaurant. Thank you, Jake. Um, and uh, what delicious is, is it's for the producers. So... Um, we get nominated um, and then judged based on the quality of our product and yeah, it's um, judged by a soiree of um, very high profile foodie people such yep, as yep. Maggie Beer and Matt Moran and yeah. Yeah, all the cool cats. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah. cool cats, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a really big experience for us, like coming from just being like a little farmer on a little property out the back of Belli Park. <laughs> yeah, then, like, there's a wealth of experience in those guys. If they like it, then, yeah. you know. Yeah. So what product did they like the most? Did they like the fresh product? Did they like which 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 yeah. one got the award? Um, so the one that got the award and the ones we were nominated for was the Dendrocalamus asper. So that's the one I was talking about earlier on. The yeah. um, the one that you don't have to cook too long to get right. that really nice crisp flavour. Um, so yeah, it's a big beautiful shoot. Is that one in season at the, in the September one or is that the... This one will come in after the other two. So she is March, April and then a little bit of May. Right, yeah. Yeah, and her nickname is Sweet Dragon Bamboo. Right. She's so big and beautiful. Do many people <laughs> use that at the Noosa Food and Wine or is it just at the tail end of that because it's about the 18th usually? It's pretty much as we're wrapping up pretty much yeah. a week before um, the Noosa Food and Wine Festival. Oh, and I feel like it's like in the middle of this gap. It's before a few things start. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Right, it's definitely a bad time. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like it because it's then... It's that's and we harvest yeah, and then yeah. we're just going hard harvesting and then we just have about a, a week's worth of a breather and then we go and just, yeah go in and and you're going to be there um next year i think so yes so i'm 90 percent sure this year this year hey, what? no next year no it depends it's hey, noosa eat it depends, and drink next depends year. when we let this out this will probably come out just let, before let's do two takes. <laughs> so yeah so it'll be this year uh, are you going to be there 
Yeah, we'll be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be there. Bells on as always. You're um, gonna set up a whole little bamboo thing, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have a little bamboo theme, um, and I'm hoping by then we also have some more products that will be ready for release as mm. well. So that should be up and running by then as well. So fingers crossed, and yeah. So you're living in paradise. You're growing the most sustainable grass yes. around with all Lots these uses. <laughs> like, surely you must be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the moment, I feel like I'm standing on top of a gold mine with a little <laughs> teaspoon. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> um, okay, so how can we help? How can we? So we're we're telling everyone about it today. Yeah, we can get in contact with you. Find you on Instagram. Yeah. Start the demand going a bit more. They can, Start, yeah. you know, we're we're obviously delivering it wherever you want us to as well. Yep, yep. And. Um, yeah. Well, the rain can gods do? can help with the rain. That would be fantastic. Right. Um, but also, like, um, one thing we'd love, because this is such a big, beautiful property that has got so many possibilities and more, sort of the Lion King song, there's more to see than can ever be seen and more to do than can ever be done. Um, so we, we welcome people if you're an architect or if you're somebody who would like to come and play with bamboo or, like, know more about bamboo. Yeah. Um, they, there's, yeah, there's so much room in Australia for intellectual development and sustainability with the bamboo and yeah um the more that more of australia knows about bamboo and starts to develop an interest in it as well i think mm. we'll be on our way to having a more sustainable future and it's not going to be the one billet one bullet to kill like all the issues but i think it's definitely going to be one part of a multi-pronged approach to improving how we do agriculture and you know our wood as mm. well and just yeah living well with the environment Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. <laughs> um, so it's super hardwood, I know. I just touched about one back on that. So, it, is it, like, tell me, is it, is it a wood or is it a bamboo? Like, it's because it's a grass, it's not really coming yeah. into the wood sort of yeah, game. Yeah. Sorry, I, I know I'm sort of digressing. It's still a hardwood. Early, but. That's so. It's not a tree, but it is a hardwood. If right, that okay. makes sense. So. Um, yeah, yeah. The you still got lignin and cellulose and all that stuff that makes a wood a wood. Um, it's just profiled um, as a grass because of the way that it grows and its habit and the way that it right, sort of grows okay. as well. So yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, there's it, this the running bamboo. There's three different types of floorboards that you can get. You can get vertical, you can get horizontal, and then you get one that is super compressed. And it's pretty much they get all the bamboo into tiny little strands and then compress it under a two thousand ton press. And that is the second hardest wood in the world that you can get from that. So, right. and that's, yeah, the bamboo just being compressed and all of that is sequestered carbon when you put it in and make that. And the yeah. other thing is when you look at rainforests um, around the world, it takes about a hundred years for a rainforest tree to form. Yeah. And then um, from that, then it starts to die and then form hollows, which can be used for habitats. So for a rainforest tree to get to maturity and then start to die, it takes about 100 years. But with the bamboo, you can knock down, like you wouldn't do this, but you could knock down hypothetically a whole forest and the next year it would be back. So 100 years versus one year. Yeah, I think right. also for our forestry um, industry, it would be, it would at least take the pressure off. And so it would be better views going down from, from Noosa down to Brisbane where they harvest the pine trees we had all bamboo yeah, there. Yeah, and I'll be back up yeah. in no time because there's nothing worse than looking at it after they've harvested the, uh, yeah. the pine trees. Yeah, and just get rid of, like, yeah, exactly. And even down the medium strips, I've often wondered how bamboo would go as like a car catcher or something down mm. the medium strips. Yeah. This type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay, so it's good for the water. You can make heaps of stuff out of it build heaps of stuff out of it it's good for protecting little animals from mm -hmm. cats and <laughs> other things and <laughs> our lovely introduced friends 
Um, and it's a wonderful product you can pickle and stir fry and curry and do all sorts of things yeah. with. And it's sort of good for the world and it's sustainable and fast growing. Mm -hmm. I think everyone would be mad not to give it a give it at give least it a, a try. Exactly. Yeah. So they can contact you again. What's the name of your Instagram again? Probably okay, a good way so to find you. We have Big Heart Bamboo. So Big Heart Bamboo, like the thing in your chest, boom boom. Yeah. Um, and if you're after plants, floorboards, or poles, it's Bamboo Australia. That right, you're and after. that's your and famous that's, dad. That's my daddy. Yep. Nice. <laughs> well, awesome to chat. I've learned heaps. Uh, thank you for having us in this really beautiful place. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's magnificent here. It makes me feel so relaxed. And um, thank you again. And thanks for being a part of what we're doing here. Well, thank you, Graham. Always welcome. Thank you very much for listening. Becky, you're an amazing human being. Love being at your farm. If you want to learn more about Becky, her Instagram handle is Big Heart Bamboo. Check her out. Also, please subscribe to the podcast. It's been a learning curve for me as well. But we're getting to talk to these fantastic people and learning so much. So thank you very much for that. Thank mm-hmm. you.